0: I remember in April of 2020, who remembers April of 2020? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I recall sitting in, uh, in my apartment um, for eight to 10 hours a day by myself. Um, you know, I had been furloughed from work. I was working as a barista at the time. I was a full-time student. Um, the coffee shop was closed. Uh, COVID obviously had just hit. All my classes were online. My wife was still going into work. Every single day. And I remember sitting at home and like the first few days felt like an extended vacation. I was like, oh, this is so dope. Like, I don't have to go to work. I'm probably going to get paid. I know how this is going to work, but like, I'm excited. And like two weeks in, I was like, this sucks. (laughs) I started getting anxious and, and depressed and I was, I became, I became very fearful, right? Like the church was closed. We weren't able to come here. And, and I was sitting there. I'm like, what is happening? Um, it's not a fun place to be. Who else has been in that place of like th- this lonely place that's like not fun at all? And then the church reopened. <laughs> and I was like, it was a breath of fresh air. I did not realize how impactful it was to have a community of believers around me, to be able to participate in these temple gatherings. We got to start going to O group again. Like they were on Zoom for a while. Then we got to go back in person. And there was this renewed sense of hope and peace that came upon me. And I didn't realize how crucial being a part of the church was. I didn't realize the importance of like what it meant to come here and to gather, what it meant to have a community, even an O group within this larger corporate gathering. There were some stats that I was reading as I was preparing, and this is, this is crazy to me. The CDC reported that in January through June, of 2020, 11% of adults in the U.S. reported symptoms of anxiety and depression. By the time February hit, you guys know what that number went up to? 42%. And the two primary factors for why people were experiencing anxiety and depression, isolation and fear. In the scriptures, they teach us so many things about these two topics, on, on, on isolation and on fear. And in many ways, the two go hand in hand, right? When you're isolated, you become fearful. When you're fearful, you isolate yourself. And today, I want to focus on the community aspect of discipleship to Jesus. What do we mean when we say community, right? We have the global church, you guys are familiar. We have, we have believers for, from all time in all places forever, past, present, future, the, the bride of Christ. There's the global church. And then we have the local church. There, there are smaller assemblies of believers that gather together, that come together and they meet and they worship the Lord. They come and they pray and they seek God in the temple. And then within those smaller, those those like local churches, right? For us, it's Oasis Church Chicago. Everybody who calls this place home, this is your local church. And then within those local churches, we have smaller groups that gather that we call O-groups. Now, I'm not saying that like O-groups are like a part of like the the big church thing, but I am saying that it is a, a, a type of church, a type of community that is modeled to us in the Scriptures. And so you might ask, if I'm part of the Capital C Church, Ruben, if I'm part of the Bride of Christ, why do I need a local church? Or if I'm part of a local church already, and I'm coming here on Sundays, and I'm showing up some Wednesdays, why do I need to be in a no group? The answer is simply because it's modeled to us in the scriptures. You guys know that, like, the the Word of God, it's there to model to us how we're to live not just how like people lived 2,000 years ago, but how we are actually called to live today. And let me prove it to you. Is it okay if I teach for a little bit? Are you guys okay with that? All right. It's going to be quick. I'm not going to bore you guys to death. I'll do my best. So um, the first place we're going to look to understand where community is modeled to us is within God himself. Right? God exists as the trinity. Father, Son, Spirit, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with whom I am well pleased. Each of us, whether we like it or not, are created in the image of God. And I hope you like that. Because that's really, that's like a great thing. And and so our longings and our desires, the deepest things within us are from him and they are for him. The truest longing of our inmost beings are to live in a way that reflects him, to be people that reflect him. And our hearts are not satisfied until we are living for him. I mean, like, guys, I am a testimony of the way that I, I saw after satisfaction in everything. And the Lord, you, some of you guys know my story, the Lord redeemed me from, from many years of substance abuse. And like, we get to be here today. And, and like, I can with confidence say that I was not satisfied in that world. And anybody who was there can say that even the little bit of satisfaction that you got in the world was just that. It was momentary. It wasn't lasting. It actually left you with a, with a larger void and constantly running back to those vices and to those things and then feeling like, oh my gosh, how do I get out of this now? Our regenerated hearts, the hearts that have been redeemed by the Spirit of God, they long for love, for peace, for hope, for joy, and for community. You know why our hearts long for community? Because we're created in the image of God and God in himself is a community, Father, Son, and Spirit. And God himself lives in perfect community with himself. And many of you know this term, but it's hard to wrap our minds around how God exists in one yet three persons, right? Here's a working definition. One God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, who are each fully and equally God in eternal relation with each other. The Trinity is the first community and the ideal for all communities. This community hasn't been thwarted by sin. It isn't stained by selfishness. This community loves perfectly, serves humbly, communicates truthfully. The fullness of God, the Trinity, is the perfect community and the ideal for every single community. And you, I know I've asked this question. I'm like, all right, cool. So like God is like a perfect community. Like how can I be a part of something like that? Like I know that I'm not, I'm like far from perfect. But Jesus actually invites us into that. He says, Father, would you make us one as I am one with them and we are one. And he actually invites us into this perfect community. And Jesus wouldn't tell us something that he didn't know was possible for us to participate in. He wouldn't tell us to be one with him as he is one with the Father if it wasn't possible. So when we look at community, we need to look at the Trinity. We need to look at God, the fullness of God, Father, Son, Spirit as the ideal for every single community. And married people, that goes for you and your families the way you raise your children, the way you speak to your spouse, single people, that goes to your future marriages and your children. That goes to your O groups and in the community of people that you live with. We need to look to God as the example for how we are to live in community. So community is modeled to us by God. You guys doing okay? Great. Secondly, community is modeled to us by Jesus and his disciples. John 1, 35-39. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Jesus modeled his life to his disciples, but in order to do that, they had to be together. Jesus understood the importance of intimate community. Notice in verse 39, Jesus doesn't just tell them where he's staying. They say, Rabbi, where are you staying? He says, come and let me show you where I'm staying. Let me show you what I'm doing. Let me show you where I'm at. Like, come follow me. We often think that, uh, you know, this happened overnight, like all of a sudden Jesus and the disciples that he called were like friends right away. Uh, in John 3, 22, it says that Jesus went with his disciples to the Judean countryside and they remained there baptizing people. This part of Jesus's development with his disciples, they say, took up to 18 months from where he called them to when they went to the wedding in Cana and then Jesus like introduces them to his mom and his brothers like 3 days later it says like they were just hanging out with his parents and right and like and then 18 months they were on the Judean countryside because Jesus knew that developing community takes time he knew there wasn't an expedited process even though he was God but he had to spend time with them and be in relationship with them and show his life to him to them and that only happened because they were able to be together. He understood that building relationships takes time. And both Jesus and the disciples had to be willing to put in the time and the effort in order to grow in their relationships with one another. Church, we need to be willing to put in the time and the effort to build relationships with one another. It's not going to happen overnight. There is no expedited process. Sure, there's people that you're going to get closer with sooner than others. But be reminded, it takes time. If it took time for Jesus to build the relationship with the 12, it's going to take time for us. Guys, it's absolutely crucial that we do life together. Jesus did it. And we probably should. I feel like it wasn't, yeah, like, what, like that should be a motto. Jesus did it, we should too, right? Like that's like, if Jesus did something, we should also do that thing because he is the model that we look to. How many of you guys want that type of community, that type of relationship and that level of discipleship? I know I'm here with my hand up because it is such a beautiful thing to be a part of. The last thing is this. The early church modeled community. Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. And with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This passage is such a powerful like, example and model of what godly community can look like and what the results of that can be. Every single time they would meet daily in the temple and they would meet daily in their homes. They would break bread together. They would come into the temple and hear the word and pray and fellowship. Then they would go into their homes and break bread together and, 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 and be formed with one another and follow Jesus together. And look at verse 46. They gathered in the temple and they gathered in the homes. You guys know how we've been like saying temple table for like a year now? We didn't like make it up. Like this is Bible. They gathered in the temple and they gathered around the table. This is why we place such a high emphasis on coming to our temple gatherings. Church, if you've been lacking in showing up to the temple gatherings, it is crucial. Show up, be here, get around other believers, come and hear the word, come and worship. Like the moments that we just had like in worship, we can't experience that at home, but we should come here and do it too. There is something that unifies us. When we come together, there's unity in the body. There's unity when we come together. And we're going after the same thing. And this is also why we place equal emphasis on gathering around the table in homes. You guys hear us talking about O groups all the time. We don't want to just like harp on you guys to like go. We want, we want you guys to catch the vision. We want you guys to be experiencing that type of godly community and discipleship in your O groups together to eat, to learn, to take communion, to fellowship, to grow, and to be formed. And check this out. This is so cool. The result of their gathering, of their fellowship, of their breaking of bread, and of their prayer was that every single need among them was met and that the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. I pray that more than ever, we become a church who catches this vision. And I think this is why Jesus says, the world will know you by the love you have for one another. Because when we are living this way, people will see it, and they will want to come and be a part of what is happening. And as they come and they participate and they partake, they're going to see the glory of God, and they too are going to give their lives to Jesus. Um, we, re- we recently got to be poured into as a, as a staff um, from another local pastor. And he was sharing this story how, uh, how their car had died. Like, no, like it, it was dead. It wasn't going anymore. And uh, he was like, man, we need a new, he said to his wife, we need a new car. And she's like, well, what kind of car do you want? I believe the Lord will give it to us. And he said a very specific type of vehicle. And within, I don't know, a matter of weeks, I don't know what the timeline was. Somebody shows up to them and gives them an envelope with the title of the vehicle that they specifically had asked for in prayer. Like, isn't that cool? Like, how awesome would it be if we were a community that was so sensitive to both one another's needs as well as to the voice of God, to be able to go to somebody and say, the Lord told me that you are in need of something and I want to be obedient, so here is that thing. I want to be that kind of church. Yeah, Yeah, Nick wants to be that kind of person. Who wants to be that kind of person? Amen. And I believe, guys, that that this can happen. This isn't like this far off thing that like isn't attainable to us. We just have to be willing to put in the work and the effort because this does take time. We have to be sensitive to the Lord. We have to we have to we have to love each other. We can't meet each other's needs. If we're not loving one another, the Lord is not going to reveal to us the needs of those people. We need to care for one another. We need to love each other. If there's bitterness. There's if like whatever there may be that has no place in the church. We need to love each other to become that kind of community. So teaching part done. You guys good. All right. We're going to wrap up soon. I hope you guys are okay. I hope you learned something, and I hope that you were edified. Um, Okay, so as a church, we believe in the importance of community and togetherness. It's literally right in our mission statement. We are a community of disciples. We are formed together by the truth of Jesus and his presence in and among us. We place an extremely high value here at Oasis in being in community. We think family is, it's literally one of our pillars, is God's family. That is who we are together. And so we believe that our journeys with Jesus are not simply our own personal journeys with Jesus. They are that, but they are our journey with Jesus. The church, it's a temple with many bricks. It's a body with many parts. Go ahead and look up at 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. There's one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body, It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were given the same spirit to drink so that the body is not made up of one part. It has many parts. There's so much liberating truth in this passage. Your, every single person here has unique giftings and abilities and talents that are essential to the overall functionality of the body. And what's really cool is when you are a part of a body, you get to actually like be yourself. You get to be the part that you were created to be. You don't have to try to be somebody else. You get to be who you are because you're part of a greater body that is working together to function and to move. The second thing is this, when you're struggling, you have the whole rest of the body to hold you up. I can't tell you guys how many times I've called a friend and I've said, hey, listen, I am struggling. I am wrestling right now. And they come, they came alongside me and they encouraged me. They lifted me up. How many of you guys have had people come around you when you were weak? And this is only possible when you're in community with other people. If you're trying to isolate yourself and you're living in a a place of isolation, nobody's gonna come and uplift you. You have to be a part of a greater body. And then the other flip side of that is when you're strong, you actually get to lift up those people who are weak. You get to hold up the other vessels, the other parts of the body who are struggling. And lastly, Jesus is the one who holds this community together as the head. He is the head of the body. We are the parts. So when things get hard, when things get shaky, when things get difficult, we can look to Jesus and have confidence that he is the head of this body, that he is the one who is holding us up together. Community can be hard. Anybody agree to that? We live in a, in a society where everything is given to us in a moment, mm-hmm where things happen, literally the click of a button, you know what's happening across the world. In community, you have to be exposed. In community, you have to be yourself. In community, people get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's uncomfortable until you get to that place of like, all right, like I get to just be myself around these people. And it's hard until you get there. But I want to encourage you guys, keep pressing in. Listen to what Dallas Willard said about one of the challenges for for these generations in this room about being in community. This is, yeah. Community means assuming responsibility for other people. And that means paying attention and not following your own will, but submitting your will and giving up the world of intimacy and power you have in the little consumer world that you have created. Community means raw skin-to-skin contact with other people for whom you have become responsible. See, while community can be very difficult and challenging, I am more convinced now than ever that the reward and the benefits of it far outweigh the difficulties. And Jesus, again, he didn't leave us these examples of how community is modeled simply to say, oh, like that was really cool how they did it back then. No, he left us these examples because we can live this way today. And guys, this is a shameless plug on our O groups, okay? Give me like two minutes, please, please, please. Our O groups have been so good. We've had such awesome testimonies for things that have been happening. I have the privilege of hearing from leaders of O groups, from hearing from people that are a part of O groups about all the awesome things. I hear the good and the bad. So like it's it's you know, I have to focus for like, I'm like, okay, here's what, here's the good. Last year, there was a season during our fasting uh, formation series where they, all communities came together with themselves. I believe we gave a little over $5,000 out to different families and organizations. And these were communities that just gathered and said, hey, we're going to bless people that the Lord places on our hearts. There were leaders. I've heard leaders of, uh, stories of leaders coming together and prophetically praying over that specific night of O-Group and they're declaring things, and as people walk in and they have their O group that night, those things come to pass. We had a, some guys in a group that went to hang out with the son of a single mother, and they just took this kid out and played with him and had like an awesome play date with him. And there were people who have come here from different places who came to Chicago with absolutely no community, no family, nothing, and they come here and within, I mean, there are people that I know that came in last year and like, I. It feels like they've been here for like five years, right? Like this, these are the things that are happening in our O-groups. And so I want to encourage you guys, like come to the Sunday gatherings, get a part of, of an O-group, become plugged in in those things. And there are so many more incredible stories of things that have been going on. And we're expecting for so much more church. We are just scratching the surface of what God is wanting to do here. So the invitation this morning is to come. If you're in an O group already, keep pressing in. If you're in an O group and you're like, I'm done. Like, this is dumb. I don't wanna do this anymore. Be the change that you wanna see. Can I say that? It's, it's so easy to look at the negative. It's so easy to look at the things that like are bad and wrong when the Lord is saying, well, why don't you go be the answer to the, to the problem? Why don't you go be that solution? Maybe you've uh, Maybe you've been hurt. Um, in communities before, maybe you've opened up to people and, and they turned their backs on you. I want to encourage you, ask the Lord to put a spirit of forgiveness within you. We need to forgive with the same measure that we've been forgiven. Like, that's, that's a lot. I don't know if there's people watching this at home online and you've been like really scared to come to church. I want to encourage you, whoever you are, seek the Lord, what that step might be to get you back into community because what the enemy would have for for each, this this is for each one of us. The enemy wants to isolate us and keep us in fear. We need each other, family. We are a body, amen? And the body needs every single part to function the way that it's meant to function. And the Lord wants to see us flourish together, not just alone, but together as a community. And so whatever posture you want to take this morning, um, I want to encourage you to press into the Lord. What would it look like for you to dive deeper? What would it look like for you to put in that extra effort to build those eternal relationships, that the kingdom of God is going to come to earth through those relationships? That we're going to see miracles happen in our O groups. What would it look like for you to begin to pray for healing over people in your O group who have been sick for a long time? What would it look like for you to begin to prophesy over people in your community? What would it look like for you to start a prayer gathering, you know? Like, let's start dreaming. Let's start pressing into what the Lord has, guys. We are just scratching the surface and what he has for us is so much more than what we could even imagine. And so whatever posture you want to take this morning, ask the Lord how he would have you dive deeper into the intimacy of community with other believers.